0: I'm M. Sauter, better known as Pints and Panels.
1: And I'm Dawn Tess, better known as the Donna of Beer.
0: Welcome to episode 40 of the All About Beer podcast. Every two weeks, we talk with leading experts and take a deep dive into one topic in beer. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about what the hell happened to the Black IPA and where is it? <laughs> and I want to drink one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. I'll calm down. Visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at All About Beer. And if you're feeling generous, visit our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash all about beer to support this show and others. So Don, do you also want a black IPA? I mean, remember 10 years ago, they were everywhere. And yeah. now, like I I guess we're talking to two brewers who brew them still, but...
1: They're pretty rare. Super rare. Yeah. No, I love, I, I did enjoy them at the time. Uh, I do still enjoy them. I enjoy any beer. I think that is well-made and Um, But and I also find it interesting because, um, at least to my palate, hops taste different when they're presented with dark malt. So looking forward to, you know, learning why that is and how how these brewers uh, think about that.
0: Hmm. You know, I've never thought about that that way before, but I bet our guests will have some great thoughts about that. Because today we're going to be talking to two breweries, one from the West Coast, one from the East Coast. And why they still brew this sadly forgotten style. Oh, so sad. Oh, so sad. Bring it back. <laughs> but first, if you would like to help support the All About Beer podcast, reach out to podcast at allaboutbeer.com. Speaking of supporting the show, here is a word from our sponsors
2: australia Galicia, where brewing excellence has been a family tradition since 1906. They are all about lager, rooted in German brewing heritage. Maintaining their commitment to tradition, they brew exclusively in their original brewery in La Coruña, Spain. Each beer boasts its own distinct recipe. No shortcuts, no compromises. They shun high-gravity tricks and avoid additives, even in their alcohol-free beers, and stick firmly to traditional methods. Their passion for beer sets them apart as they embrace and celebrate the art of brewing. At Galicia, they love beer above all things. Experience the difference and know more about it on Instagram at Astrea Galicia USA.
0: Paul Philippon was working a summer job while in college in 1987 when, at the end of his shift, his supervisor made the offhand comment that he had to get home to bottle his latest batch of homebrew. Fireworks went off in Paul's mind, as he contemplated the idea that a person could make homebrew beer at home. He asked about it, and his supervisor said, Well, yeah, sure, it's easy. Just go to the Summer Meadow Herb Shop, and Teresa, okay, will tell you what to do and sell you the supplies. He did as the supervisor said, and he was hooked. Fast forward seven years to find Paul in graduate school, pursuing a very unrelated academic career, when he finally decided that he'd rather be brewing. One thing led to another, and he took his first full-time brewing job in 1998 in Cincinnati, Ohio. Over the next few years, he worked at two other breweries as well, until 2004, he set out on his own by founding the Duck Rabbit Brewery. And here he is, 20 years uh, later, still at it. Welcome to the show, Paul.
3: Thank you very much. Happy to be here.
0: So... Your, brewer, your brewery, Duck Rabbit, is known as the dark beer specialist. Is this correct? Because I've seen on your... I've been to your brewery, by the way. Oh, wonderful. Uh, in in uh, 2015, 2014? No, yeah. 2015. Uh, we were driving... My husband and I were driving... My, my then boyfriend, now husband, and I were driving into South Carolina. And we've been to Farmville to go specifically to your brewery. And whoever was working gave me a Duck Rabbit tacker that is in our laundry room. So I just nice. want to say I have been to your brewery and I think your beers are excellent. Um, I want to know, first thing, though, is is the reason you brew what you call an ABA or American Black Ale? Is this because you're a dark beer specialist or is this something that you actually really like to brew?
3: Well, both, of course,
0: of course, uh, of course,
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, part of our gimmick is we don't make anything that I don't want to make. Um, if, if you're getting a duck rabbit beer, you're getting a beer that, you know, we produce because I love it and I want to share it. Um, not because an accountant told me that that would be the way, the path to success. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I love it for sure. But, you know, still we we have a little marketing angle, this dark beer thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this fit nicely into that. I happen to think it's delicious. Uh, Just a little side note, you know, edit this if you need to, but it's my wife's favorite of the beers we make. So there you go. There you go.
0: Yeah. You got to keep her happy. So, you know, got to keep (laughs) brewing that. When did you uh, start brewing uh, this beer, Hoppy Bunny?
3: Okay, so I didn't uh, do my research well enough to look that up ahead of time. That's right. You've um, been
0: around for what twenty something? Twenty years? 20 years? 20 yeah, 20, yeah. Now. This is
3: this is twenty right now. I, I think you well. we
0: started that one in twenty thirteen. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I, don't,
3: I don't think I'm far wrong when I say that. I mean, it could have been twenty fourteen, but I think it was twenty thirteen.
0: That well, that makes sense given the fact that twenty thirteen is kind of the like top and pinnacle of black IPAs,
1: right? And right. So
0: it would make sense that you would um you would brew this beer um at that time period but you call it an ABA you don't call it a black IPA is there a reason you don't call it a black IPA sure. or is
3: sure um and, and you know th- labeling your beers naming the beers uh categorizing the beers that's all marketing uh of course that's not brewing
0: mm-hmm.
3: um and Heaven forbid I tell anybody else how to market their beers. Do whatever you can to sell it. But for me, it felt like this beer, this style, has no historical connection to India or trade in India or shipping to India or anything like that. And it's certainly not pale. Um, Fair. (laughs) In in my mind... (laughs) IPA is just a way of telling the consumer that it's a hoppy beer, yeah. which that, I mean, that there's value in that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want to pretend there isn't, but it it strikes my ear uh, like a clang. Uh, it, you know, I, to me, I, yeah, that didn't sound right. And I didn't want to call it a Cascadian black ale, although I like that name a lot, but mm-hmm. we're a long way from the Cascades. <laughs> So so American black ale felt to me like it it uh conveyed at least among people who know beer styles it conveyed what it is um and and didn't feel like I was saying something weird and false and awkward
0: Got it I understand <laughs> Uh cuz it isn't pale I mean I guess there's like cold IPA not an ale though it's a lager so
1: all words have lost all meaning. yeah i think no. ipa
0: is a, is like you said it's a marketing term and so it kind of it says this is hoppy what is yeah. i i i nitpick when it's like what is a west coast to someone what does that mean to a casual drinker what does a new england ipa mean to a certain drinker so i get your um trepidation i guess to call it that so but at the same time I like America. I don't. Are you the only one that brews in ABA? I don't think I've ever.
3: No, oh, no, 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 no. It's we're, we're not the only ones from, by any means. Certainly. I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, just, I guess,
0: I guess it's because this beer style is almost, and I'm going to use the word antiquated, even though it's 2013. <laughs> that was 11 years ago. Um, it's a style that is fallen out of favor. Yeah. Yet you Joy- still brew it. Yeah.
1: Joyfully- I think that's amazing
3: almost everything we do at duck rabbit is antiquated. <laughs> we're happy about it. We 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 celebrate the we fact still have
1: wooden mash tuns and No, 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 no.
3: <laughs> I guess I, I mean more stylistic. No, oh, I know. What you're doing. I mean look. Almost every other brewery out there, every new uh, you know, the young guys, they're all mainly canning their beers. Mm-hmm. We mainly bottle our beers. We're, you know, we're, we're stuck in the past. Uh, we, we, none of the beers that we make, uh, are sort of hip and trendy styles that have emerged in the past five years. Um, the vast majority of what we make are styles that have been around forever and ever not now, you know, American black ale has not been around forever and ever, but it is antiquated. Like you said,
0: <laughs> I know I antiqu- I mean, yeah, well, that's the pace of beer, you know, styles show up, they disappear yeah. And so things that aren't popular kind of get, they get, you know, shoved aside. And then in, well, like, would you, what what's popular right now is Dark Milds. So you're a dark beer brewery. Would you brew a Dark Mild? Oh, absolutely. Mild?
3: We have. We have brewed uh, Dark Mild. It's a style that I love. Um, And, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should try it again. It was a long time ago that we mm-hmm. brewed it. it. It's, it has been my, uh, experience and again this is old and things may have changed but that in the u.s very low abv beers are a hard sell um i know of one brewery in texas that sells a a dark mild uh if i'm remembering right and the name of the beer is commercial suicide um Dark I mean,
0: Milds are bec- in New England, where I live, Dark Milds are becoming more and more popular. I so love the know. style. So love hopefully. It. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, anyway, back to the black ale. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, do you do anything special ingredients? Do you do anything special for the brewing process? The hops? What are you using for hops? What's what's the profile of this beer?
3: Yeah. So uh, there are a few questions in there. Yes, um, there are. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that we do special for this beer is special among uh, our, the, the you know, the things that we do. I'm sure other breweries certainly are doing this too. But we do far more uh, individual hop additions here than we do on any of our other beers. So, oh. you know, we're adding hops uh, standardly, you know, in the boil for bitterness, of course. Um, but then we're doing multiple late hop editions, as well as multiple dry hop editions. Uh, this beer uses far more hops, you know, per unit volume than anything else that we brew. Um, oh. Again, that's not to say you know there are other breweries out there who have different specialties that uh, will have a different story to tell. But um, yeah, so that's as far that's probably the thing that sets this beer apart among our beers more than anything else um but there's also uh the hot varieties we use we use some varieties in here that we don't use in any of our other beers um chief among them being motueka uh new zealand hop Mm. which maybe is a little weird to to use in something that you're calling an american black ale but it's it's a hop that i really love and i wanted to showcase and this seemed like a a good spot for it um so yeah uh uh the varieties of hops the quantities of hops and then the the malt backbone is uh quite roasty it's certainly pitch black i mean it's it's inky inky black um but i wanted roasty without an overpowering kind of acrid bitterness like burnt character Uh, i want the roast to be present i don't want it just to be black in color but you know but no roast flavor but i didn't want it so much that it would overpower the hop character that we've worked so hard to put in there um i don't know how how much that answers your question (laughs) (laughs) that was great that was great
1: um uh so you sort of touched upon this but but can you talk about how you Um, and you there's no better person to answer this since you only brew dark beers, but how do you think about dark malts? Roasted barley obviously is different from chocolate malt, it's different from black patent and everything. And so when you're formulating recipes, and particularly this ABA recipe, what are you looking for in your dark malts? And how are you thinking about how the hop flavors and like I found it interesting how you talked about um, you know, an early edition of bittering hops in this beer. Um is that to balance off the malts here? And I guess how do you think of this the the, the recipe formulation holistically?
3: Sure. So, uh, I when I'm when I'm coming up with a new recipe, normally I start by thinking about historical examples, um, by thinking about you know what beers are out there that exemplify this style. Uh, and r- what sort of historical techniques have they used. It was a little different with this one because there isn't a long history. Um, so the second part of recipe formulation for me is just envisioning in my mind a flavor profile at which I want to shoot, right? Thinking about the the hop flavors, uh, the the hop characteristics. Um, you, you had asked a little bit about the the early hops for bittering and the purpose of that. You know, if we were to add only late hops um, as a lot of the kind of like New England IPAs are are, uh, kind of exemplified by, if not only late hops, predominantly late hops. um, You know, you get that that juicy hop aroma and hop flavor, but you don't get much uh, alpha acid isomerization and without the alpha acid isomerization. You're not getting much bitterness, which is great in a style in which you don't want much bitterness. But this I wanted. I wanted that hop bitterness. I wanted the hops to sort of come through in multiple layers of kind of flavor expression. So the the bitterness from the alpha acids, the aromas from the uh, volatile oils, you know, the, the flavor that you get from late hop additions. I wanted that all in there. Um, And so that's the purpose for the the early hops. Um, In terms of malt, right. uh, You know, you can think of a stout. Uh, In our stouts, we typically use a lot of uh, unmalted roast barley, which which I love. I think that's a a wonderful grain and it's delicious. I didn't think it was appropriate for this. Um, I thought that it would, again, Overexpress the the sort of burnt character, uh, uh, that that would run the risk bitterness. Of, yeah, yeah, of giving of giving a bitterness that competes with the hot bitterness, right? Um, so for for a roasty character, uh, what I ended up using was three different, uh, grades or ver- some varieties, I guess, of a a malt called Carafa. Uh, made by Wireman, a German maltster, um, which is, and we do use the caraffa for some other, some of our other brews in in smaller quantities. Um, the vast majority of malt we use, just virtually everything except for that, is uh, uh, produced in the U.S. Um, but that caraffa I just haven't found, I haven't found a substitute in the U.S. maltster that does quite what that does, which again is give me the, the, the roasty character, the roasty flavor without an overpowering burnt bitterness. Right. Yeah.
1: Cool. Love it. Thank you. And and I, I love, well, this is what I love and this is why I love talking to brewers is because they can articulate the, the thought that like, like, none of this happens by accident
3: and, maybe, and I love that. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. I like talking right. about beer.
0: we also love talking about you've come to the right place. (laughs) So I have one final question for you. Since you're the dark beer specialist, what is the future of dark beers? Do you see anything on the horizon? Are you sticking with traditional? Are you going to keep brewing the ABA? What's what's on the horizon, I guess, for you and the whole ilk of dark beer?
3: So the, the broader question, what's on the horizon for the whole ilk? Holy moly, I wish I knew. Uh, yeah, well, yeah,
0: then we'd all be millionaires if we knew.
3: I, I'd give plenty to know the answer to that. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I don't know that. As far as what's on the horizon for us, certainly we're going to continue brewing the traditional styles that we've brewed. Uh, we have, over the past few years, um, and this this really started, started just a little bit before the pandemic, and... And accelerated even more during the pandemic, we've started branching out and doing some things that aren't traditional styles. Um, these are typically, you know, uh one-offs, uh, very specialty products. But this is just, you know, trying to take advantage of an opportunity to uh expand our palate and appeal to the beer drinker that wants something they haven't had before, right? Mm-hmm. Um the the it this is this is a joke and a cliche but there is some there's a a kernel of truth in it of the the consumer who you know tastes a beer and says boy that's delicious i'm never having that again uh (laughs) (laughs) so we 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 need to appeal even to that consumer Uh, uh uh so we continue to do dark beers um we branch out um we're doing you know some kind of some uh variations on on these styles uh and and trying to help people appreciate the traditional styles that got me to love beer in the first place that i've never abandoned
0: that's great i like that yeah
1: i did not hear you say that you're going to make a dark hard seltzer though so thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) no 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 um so paul if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about the brewery what uh how can they do that social media website
3: yeah so uh for for the the big picture about the brewery and the history of the brewery uh our website which is at duckrabbitbrewery.com uh is a great option that that's a little less useful for the day-to-day you know hey, next week we're coming out with this new beer. For that, Facebook will be the okay. yeah the, the the best spot. Yep. Perfect.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program today, Paul. We really, really appreciate your insight into all things dark beer and ABA. I learned a lot, black so pleasure. I really, uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Uh, thank, thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. Yep.
0: Yes, cheers. Cheers. And we'll be back with Matt White of Beach Crest Brewing in Oregon to talk about his award-winning double black IPA.
2: At Estrella Galicia, they are passionate brewers. Their meticulous care extends to each ingredient, recognizing that water transcends its mere classification as an ingredient. It is a key player that intricately shapes and defines their distinctive beer recipes. They don't have a hidden spring or any secret water source. They proudly utilize water from the local reservoir, which is an ecologically protected UNESCO biosphere reserve. The water is of exceptionally high quality and has a low mineral profile. In essence, the water that any brewmaster would dream of.
0: Matt White opened Beachcrest Brewing Company with his wife Amy in December of 2018. A former career musician and educator, Matt formed Beachcrest around a love of great beer, the beauty of the Oregon coast, and great music. He began his brewing story in Denver, starting as a home brewer, then working for small local breweries, and eventually taking a course with Tom Hennessy, author of multiple brewing operations books and owner of Colorado Boy Brewing in Montrose, Colorado. A lover of classic and modern styles, Matt's approach to Beechcrest's brewing lineup has been both honor the traditional styles and dabble in in experimentation. Beechcrest has been fortunate to expand in its five-year-to-date brewing history From a three barrel nano to a seven barrel pub brewery and also added a wood fire pizza kitchen and an event and concert space. Matt is still active in the music community, playing in several ensembles, directing the local big band and getting in beach walks with his Golden Retriever, all while being a one man beer making show in the Beechcrest Brewery. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hello. How's it going? Good. Good. Uh, How are things out in uh, where is Beechcrest on the Oregon coast?
4: Um, it's called Central Oregon Coast. Um, we are technically in a little town called Glen Eden Beach, um, but it's a very little town. So the the most recognizable town that most people would know if you're familiar with the area would be Lincoln City. We're just okay. about five to ten minutes south of that. Cool. No clue where that is.
0: I have <laughs> some clue. I lived in Oregon. I lived in Eugene for a year, so I know where Lincoln okay, is. Okay, relative
1: to Eugene. Where is it relative to Eugene? So if you go
4: straight west to the coast from eugene generally you'll end up in florence and that's yes, about
1: two hours south of us to hours south okay perfect got it okay i know exactly where you are
4: yes. um, so um from portland we're like two and a half hours if you're driving um to the southwest got it yep
0: okay all right cool and so i you have a small brewery and you are brewing a double black ipa uh, can you tell us a little bit about the your double black IPA and why is it a double? Why are you like just? Well, I don't. I've. That's something that I. I don't think I've had a double black IPA in a decade.
4: Mm, <laughs> that's cool.
0: Yeah, I would um, love one. So.
4: Yeah. Well, my answer as to why it's a double it might be a little unsatisfactory. It's more so just like that's kind of what I wanted to brew. So there, there wasn't any. Fine. um uh, necessarily any reason, but I do think that you know pairing a strong ABV with a like impactful, you know, it's kind of a beer that like everything is supposed to be kind of turned up. So like the malts sure. are turned up, the the ABVs turned up, the IBUs turned up. So like you know it's just kind of like overly uh, aggressive in a lot of ways.
0: Just making it a double. So like how how much more like debittered malt are you using? How much more stuff are you using hop wise? I thought you, I think on your website, it said it was like 80 IBU. That's, that's a lot. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it is, but on the West coast, that's not a yeah. lot, you know, comparatively. Um, and I mean, you guys probably know this. I think it's over, over 70 or something like that. It kind of becomes undetectable. So it's, it's right at that threshold anyways. Um, in terms of debittered malt, um, you guys may know this as well, but it doesn't actually take a lot to turn something mm. black, um, to turn something to be very dark. So um, I, I can actually pull up the recipe right here. It's it's just over 5%, and I use both a debittered black uh, barley malt and a debittered black wheat malt.
0: Why? Uh, why the use of wheat?
4: Um, just like, uh, the little bit of, uh, mouthfeel that you get from that. There's also oats in it. So, you know, we're going for like oh wow okay. something that's, um, going to be like super dry, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to have that kind of nicer, like mouthfeel. I, you know, it's kind of funny, like the lines begin to blend between like double black IPA and like American stout at some point. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about like a big multi-beer, um, but but that i would say with the the black ipa i think the distinction would be we're really trying to minimize like roasty uh smoky um th- those kind of like flavors uh mm-hmm. you know it it it's got a little bit of like you know crystal malt in there so there's definitely like a, a strong malt presence, but we're not, you know, in terms of comparing to a stout, we're really trying to like avoid the, the roastiness that, that kind right. of, yeah. Right.
0: And did you guys start, you've, you've been open since 2018. So when did, when did this beer start showing up in your repertoire?
4: Oh, that's a good question uh yeah so we just had our five-year anniversary and i think nice. we've been making cracking good for like a year and a half maybe? oh okay oh. yeah not that long now no, this
0: long. is not a original to the brewery recipe or no no why but one day you were that just... I really
4: liked i'm sorry i didn't mean yeah.
0: no no you're good i was just like you know what well, i don't know a brewery in like what 2022 that was like you know what i want to make <laughs> yeah that, that,
1: that's a very interesting choice can you give us some background on that well, sure. Um at at
4: Beachcrest, we're not um like you said, we're small. We have a seven barrel um kind of pub kind of style brewery. And um it's a real just like um ethos position of ours to try to offer like a big variety of beers and not necessarily just be driven by what Um, We think will kind of attract the most amount of people. So like we have core beers, we have flagship beers that we try to like cast a wide net with, you know what I mean? Like a blonde, we have West Coast IPAs, juicy IPA, lagers, all that kind of stuff. But we, we really look at the kind of like second half of our tap list as an opportunity to like brew stuff that like we're excited about and that we think may... We'll probably connect to, like, you know, people who are really into beer, but maybe like not it's gonna connect with uh, everybody that comes through the door. And I think we're fine with that. So, um, I think Black IPA kind of fits into that category. It's definitely a little more obscure. Like you said, like we used to see more of it maybe like ten years ago and now not so much. um and it was just always a style that I really liked. um, and um we we moved out here from Denver, so there were some like, versions of black ipa that some folks were brewing like twisted pine had a really cool one and um trying to think of maybe some others that that were kind of inspirational but it was just like something that we really liked you know and and it is a little more obscure and i think we kind of like that too yeah
0: cool I it won a medal
1: Uh, yeah so
0: people so judge people judges and people who have it like it so i want to try it What uh what hops do you use in uh in this beer?
4: Um so the bittering is done with Magnum. That's you know, pretty standard, but in terms of the hops that give it flavor and aroma, Centennial Chinook Simcoe, which pretty classic. That is um, classic. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm a fan of all three of those hops. I, I use Simcoe a decent amount. Um Chinook I love for, for whatever reason, the way Chinook goes in darker beers um really works for me. We have it like an Imperial Stout that we uh, entirely made with Chinook that,
0: hmm. um,
4: yeah, there's just something about, yeah, that interaction I really like.
1: Yeah, I love those hops. But, um, you know, we're
4: going for that kind of like pine that it's really kind of Pacific Northwestern, you know what I mean? Resinous, yeah. piney, like kind of minimizing the fruity and citrusy kind of qualities.
3: Yeah.
1: Um You call your black IPA, a black IPA, many people in the Pacific Northwest refer to a beer called Cascadian dark ale. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference? And if so, what is that difference?
4: Well, um, I think this is really just a matter of opinion. So um, I think some people, they're the same thing. Um, I do have an opinion on it. Um, And this is based on examples that I've tasted. Um, not based on like uh, kind of what the recommended parameters are, you know, in like beer judging. But to me, um, and I, I didn't even know about Cascadian Dark until I moved out here. I, nobody in Colorado was making Cascadian Dark, which makes sense. It's not in the Cascades. So, you know, <laughs> Rocky Dark Ale. <laughs> it would make sense that they don't use that naming convention. But to me, a Cascadian Dark um, overall in terms of SRM can be like closer to like a dark brown. Okay. Um, And uh, can have elements of like roastiness in it. I've had some Cascadian Darks. I don't know whether or not they fall into the stylistic category, but I've had a few that definitely have that like roasted coffee kind of vibe going. You know, Mm. Um, to me, the goal of the Black IPA should be almost like if you close your eyes and had a sip, you might mistake it for of something of a lighter color you know it should be those roasty qualities are as minimal as possible and and you kind of achieve that by using debittered malts and things and then um and the color should be i think as dark as you can get it like to call it a black ipa and it's brown to me is like a little weird you know it should be Mm. like very very opaque very very dark
1: Mm. cool thank you
0: so that's the reason why your black ipa is called a black ipa because it's quite dark and it's not this like dark brown coffee.
1: Right. No. Yeah. I do want to say the grammarian in me finds it interesting that you call it a double black IPA as opposed to a black double IPA. Yeah. Um... I think you probably <laughs> did that on purpose. Am I correct?
4: Uh, I Yeah, it might be. I mean, it's like, you know, in a guitar player <laughs> lining up their effects pedals, like which one hits the line first kind of thing. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. What, what do I I call it? A double black. Okay. Yeah. So the style is black IPA and it is a double black IPA versus a, what were you saying?
1: Black, black, double, double IPA. IPA.
4: Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, man, it's just kind of a semantic argument, isn't okay. it? Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that. No, no,
4: yeah. no, no, apologize. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. I You probably could go either way, right?
0: Could you, Don? Could you go either way?
1: I don't know. English isn't my first language.
0: <laughs> and I'm Canadian. <laughs> yeah, So, that's like, true. what's right, that yeah, about? Oh, so yeah. <laughs> He's sorry. Don't worry about I'm him. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I find that interesting that you think that... Because if this Cascadian... What is the... Then what's the hot profile? Because I feel like if it has a coffee, like a dark brown coffee note, and then resin and pine, that seems...
4: Do you think that's I, conflicting?
0: I feel like that's conflicting.
4: I feel like citrus and tropical fruits and stuff is is so much more conflicting, but I think pine and roastiness don't necessarily clash if handled if handled right, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, out I, here yeah. in the Pacific Northwest, we love that like pine. Oh we man, I've, no, I rem-
0: I remember like your IPA when I lived there in 2011, IPA's st- regular single IPA is 7%. And then you got yeah. the double IPA is like eight and a half. And mm. then you got the triple IPA, which is 10. And it's just like how much like IB, because this is 2011. So this is like at the height. And it's like, how much IBU can I punch you in the face with? And you're going to love it. And that's, is that still, th- I mean, I haven't lived in Oregon for years. Is that still the case? Do you no. find? Like,
4: no, no, we're, we're, we're post IBU wars kind of, okay. I think. god. I mean, to yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I I think for a while we were making these beers that were just so out of balance. And I think that, you know, we've kind of swung back to like a little more in, in balance. But, you know, you mentioned like as you go up, you know, higher in the ABVs, uh, single, double, triple, all this and the IBUs. It's interesting. I, I found a lot of doubles and triples that actually drink um, not as hoppy because I think when you balance it out with so much malty sweetness, The, you know, like the really hoppiest drinking beers to me are the ones that are really dry. Mm -hmm. You know, they finish out super dry so that all that like hoppiness can just like smack you in the face. But then you get into these higher ABVs and there's so much ethanol sweetness that you're like the the IBUs kind of fall back into balance, even though all the kind of stats are pushed up, you know? Yeah,
0: Um, I remember that. I think that addressed
4: the first thing you said. Oh, yeah. In terms of styles, what I'm what I'm seeing now is a, um, a real change towards, uh, late editions. you know, the, cl- the classic IB, uh, IPA thing was like, you know, massive early editions. you get that thing super bitter. And then you, you know, you do some whirlpool and everything. And now a lot of people are, you know, kind of taking a note from the kind of haze craze that also seems to have crested, but I think it changed the way people make IPAs. And now we're like, you know emphasizing late additions they don't necessarily have to have that hazy body they can be drier but we're still getting that like big kind of like aromatic and fruit kind of citrusy punch on on the nose and in the flavor and we're not necessarily pushing like bitterness does that make yeah.
0: sense yeah no absolutely cuz yeah I've every I you go to Oregon every year and yeah the beers feel drier more fruit forward not as bitter more uh, yeah I think everyone's kind of First, there's like let's smack me in the face with IBU. Then there's haze where there's like no IBU, and now there's this kind of nice balance. Yeah, where, and I think it is. I I, it like is going that. back
4: to balance. Yeah, that's
0: and excellent. I think also that's
4: that's a product of all these new hops, you know, that have hit the market sure. where the emphasis is on those that flavor profile. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The fruitiness and and yeah, all that.
0: Yeah. Are there any other black IPAs being made right now in Oregon or CDAs, if you will, if there's two dif- different things that so uh, yeah, the
4: bigger breweries on the coast is Pelican Brewing. Mm-hmm. And they make their Christmas beer that they release, you know, um, you know, late fall. Um, I think they call it Bad Santa is a CDA.
0: OK. That's and nice that's actually one that,
4: that, that I was kind of talking about where it's like it's actually more kind of like a dark brown, you know. Mm-hmm and and it has a little bit of that kind of roast to it so so that's one of the uh, uh kind of examples i was mentioning
0: are there any others like i can't i i can't think of any i can think like barley browns i knows makes one but like i didn't I know if there was anyone I else i bet it is really good their beers uh, are excellent
4: well you lived out here you remember
0: McMinnimans? i do remember mcminimins
4: yes So they, they've over you know however long i've been here they've released several cdas they usually call it cda okay yeah
0: are they real CDA's the way you see it? Or are they black IPA's?
4: I would say that they do qualify as CDA to me. Okay. Yeah.
0: Fun fact about my local McMenamins, the bass player for Cherry Pop and Daddies was the bartender there. And Which was, was that? At, uh, the one on 13th Street.
4: Oh, in like, Portland, cool. In
0: Eugene. In, oh, in Eugene. Oh, and, Eugene. oh yeah. right, right, right. yeah. yeah. they're from Eugene. And he nice. was a nice guy and he used to give us free shots. Uh, and that is why we drank there. Oh, and they had a great happy hour. Um, but anyway.
4: <laughs> I used to play with a trumpet player that knew all those guys.
0: There, I, it was, yeah, Eugene was nice to live in because it was, it was small, t- it was large, but small, I had a small town vibe to it, which I really, really liked. But then I really hate your time zone, so I had to go back to New England. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So you sort of touched upon this, but do you see, um, uh, future development in Black IPA? Like, do you have any desire to try a Black version of... Cold IPA or hazy IPA or or brute IPA? Will we see a black brute IPA? <laughs> Man, brute is one of those styles that really
4: tried to uh, make an impact, and I think it just kind of fell away. Well, real- it,
1: it made an impact, just thought.
4: Yeah, just it, gonna, made, it made
0: an impact for like two months, and then <laughs> yeah. it was gone.
4: Um, to me, a black hazy just sounds like uh, like uh, like an oxymoron almost. Like I feel like that those two flavor profiles just can't be joined but but perhaps that's for lack of imagination on my part but probably something i wouldn't attempt um what what was the other thing you mentioned too oh i don't know any any black cold ipa oh now that's a cool idea then you're almost into like baltic porter territory kind of you're talking about like a strong lager but then you'll kind of over hop it i mean it's a really cool idea I guess that'd be like a Hoppy Schwartz
1: beer. Yeah. yeah. Or like a
4: really strong Hoppy Schwartz beer. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like blending lines and all that. Cold IPA is the style that I actually really like. I, I love Me lager. too. And I always kind of saw Cold IPA as like maybe just rebranding IPL as IPA so that it would sell better. But I do think that there are distinct differences or they're trying right. to make distinct differences between IPL and Cold IPA. And it's a style I really
0: like. That's yeah, an excellent yeah. style. And there's West Coast Pilsner too. Could be a West Coast Black Pilsner. Nice. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You can, these are free suggestions. Yes. Yes, I <laughs> so you know. Royalty
1: you. free. Yeah, uh, yeah. Feel free to name the beer after us, though. Right on. Right on. The, <laughs> All
0: right, Don. Now the, the you've beach, gone too far. Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: it's going to be the Beach Crest All About Beer Black Root IPA. <laughs> I love it. I love
0: it all right all right uh matt thank <laughs> you guys we're done you're done here um right. matt thank you so much for coming on the show today um if there's uh how if people want to talk to you about your new black brewed ipa that apparently you're brewing um, uh, how can people reach out social media website
4: yeah um beachgrass brewing is on facebook and instagram we have a website com. um yeah um come check cool. us out if you're on the Oregon coast swing by we're We're a fun place. we got great live music and uh, awesome wood-fired pizza. And uh, I would think a pretty fun uh, list of beers on tap.
0: Wonderful. Awesome. Blanagan
4: Beach. Everybody should look it up. Blanagan Beach or just Lincoln City. Yeah.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. We really appreciate it.
4: Thank you, guys. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Don, now I really want a Black IPA, but those breweries are not close. Yeah. Good luck finding one. Ah, uh, uh, it was so much fun to learn about the style. Um, and it just, it breaks my, it breaks my tiny sweetheart that more people aren't brewing this beer.
1: Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. I liked, uh, I, um, you know, these are professional brewers, so they're very good at articulating uh, things. And, and so the difference between a CDA and, um and a black IPA is something I, I guess I sort of intuitively knew there was a difference, but I, I would never be able to put it into words the way um, uh, the way that Matt did, so I really like that. And now, like you, I really look forward to having my next ones so that I can look for um, those flavors and, and those differences. So, um,
0: absolutely, that yeah. Was a, yeah, it's a it's a great style. People write your local brewery like you'd write a congressman, <laughs> yes, or an elected official, and demand more black IPAs and CDAs in your tap list.
1: Yes, I
0: agree. As I like shake my finger, like I'm, I don't know. Anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer. And once again, if you're feeling generous, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. If you have any questions for the experts, email podcast at allaboutbeer.com. That's also the email for feedback, suggestions, or to inquire about supporting the show through advertising. Don, how can people reach out to you?
1: Oh, on Threads uh, X and Instagram, I am at the Dawn of Beer, and I love receiving emails. So drop me an email, don at the don of Beer How about you, M?
0: I am at Pints and Panels across all social media, and my website is www.pintsandpanels.com. Here's a final word from our sponsor.
2: At Australia Galicia. As passionate brewers, safeguarding the invaluable resource of water is at the core of their commitment. Through a combination of sustainable practices and innovative technology, they've significantly reduced their water consumption year after year. In 2008, for example, their water usage was at around five liters per barrel of beer brewed. Fast forward to today, and they're proud to report that they significantly slashed that figure to 3.6 liters. This achievement is not just a testament to their dedication to brewing excellence, but also a demonstration of the broader commitment to environmental responsibility. Their commitment extends beyond the confines of the brewery. They're dedicated to preserving the natural treasure of water for the city of Acarunia. By adopting environmentally friendly practices, they aim to contribute to the long term sustainability of this vital resource. To learn more about Estrella Galicia, Follow them on Instagram at Estrella Galicia USA. This
0: show is produced by All About Beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com for articles, notes on this show, and others, and to connect via the newsletter and social media. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Make it Black IPA, damn it.
1: Write your brewery.